Would you like to retire with enough? My name is Peter Guidry, and I am the host of the Retiring with Enough podcast. Today's podcast will be about investments and compound interest. Since numbers have always interested me, today should be a fun podcast. This would also be a good opportunity to visit the Retiring with Enough website and check out the blog by the same name, since the blog contains multiple charts and numerical representations of what this podcast is about. But we'll just go ahead and slog through the podcast and make the best of an oral presentation. On the surface, compound interest seems like a relatively simple concept to grasp, but in reality, it actually takes a little more thought and study to totally comprehend the power and magnitude of compound interest and what it can provide to you as an individual investor. Albert Einstein once said, Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. While some people question whether the quote was in fact from Einstein, the power of compound interest is unquestionable. Concept of compound interest is actually credited to the Florentine merchant Francesco Balducci Pegalotti, who provided a table of compound interest in his book Practica della Mercatura in about 1340 AD. It gives the interest on 100 lira for rates from 1 to 8% for up to 20 years. But what exactly is compound interest? According to Wikipedia, compound interest is the addition of interest to the principal sum of a loan or deposit. In other words, interest on the principal plus interest. It's a result of reinvesting interest or adding to the loan capital rather than paying it out or requiring payment from the borrower so that interest in the next period is then earned on the principal sum plus previously accumulated interest. Compound interest is standard in finances and economics. But what's the difference between simple and compound interest? Compound interest is contrasted with simple interest where previously accumulated interest is not added to the principal amount of the current period, so there's no compounding. The simple annual interest rate is the interest amount per period multiplied by the number of periods per year. The simple annual interest rate is also known as the nominal interest rate, not to be confused with the interest rate not adjusted for inflation, which goes by the same name. With simple interest, a certain rate of interest is earned on principal and is paid out periodically, but is not added to the principal, and the total amount doesn't make money. Compound interest allows money to make money. Interest earned is added back to the principal, and the combined amount now earns interest. Why does it matter whether interest is simple or compounded? The difference between simple and compound interest matters a great deal because over time, compound interest will generate much more money with the same initial principal invested. It does this because the interest earned is added back to the principal and both earn more interest. With simple interest, the accumulated interest is not added back to the original principal, so it's merely the original principle that continues to generate more interest and there's no compounding. Does the frequency of compounding make a difference? Absolutely. The best deal would be an account that compounds continuously or daily. 
increasing frequency of compounding will increase the compounding of the principal. Increasing the frequency of compounding equals more money. But don't confuse the frequency of compounding with the interest rates that are applied. Just like the frequency of compounding, interest rates can be stated as monthly, quarterly, or annually rates. Buyer beware. A 2% monthly interest rate surely sounds much more appealing than a 24% annual rate. Yet, they're the same rate. If the 2% rate is compounded monthly, it's actually worse than a straight 24% annual rate. With personal loans, interest is calculated using one of three methods, simple, compound, or add-on, with the simple interest method being the most common. So in referring to Einstein's original statement, if one understands the value of compounding, then compounding will work in your favor through compounding of investments. Conversely, if someone does not understand compounding, then it works against you in the form of higher compounded loan interest. Let's look at an example of $5,000 in an account that's paid 5% annually in simple interest for five years versus the same $5,000 in an account that's invested at 5% interest that's compounded annually for five years. So we start with a $5,000 balance in both accounts, both at an interest rate of 5%. The only difference is that in one account, we're going to get simple interest in the second account, compound interest. So at the end of the first year, both accounts have generated $250 in interest, and now the account balance in both accounts is $5,250. At the end of the second year, the account generating simple interest now has a balance of $5,500, while the account that's compounding has actually generated an additional $12.50 and now has a balance of $5,512.50. If we now move to the end of the fifth year, we'll see that the account earning simple interest has a balance of $6,250 while the account that's compounded has a balance of $6,381.41. The account earning simple interest has generated an annualized rate of 5% interest, but the account that's compounding actually earns an annualized rate of 5.52% due to the compounding effect. How does the time horizon of investments affect compound interest? According to an AMG Funds article, for compound interest to work, it requires three things. That the original investment remain invested, the reinvestment of earnings, and time. The more time you give your investments, the more you may be able to accelerate the income potential of your original investment. Let's look at an investment of $10,000 that returns 6% so that you have $10,600 at the end of one year. Rather than withdraw the $600 gained, you keep it in there for another year. If you continue to earn the same rate of 6%, your investment will grow to $11,236 by the end of the second year. Because you reinvested the $600, it works together with the original investment, earning you $636, which is $36 more than the previous year. This little bit extra now may seem like peanuts now, but don't forget that you didn't have to lift a finger to earn that $36.
But more importantly, this $36 also has the capacity to earn interest. After the next year, assuming the same 6% return, your investment would be worth $11,910. And this time you earned $674, which is $74 more than the first year. This increase in the amount made each year is compounding in action, investment earnings on investment earnings and so on. And this has the potential to continue assuming you keep invested and investment returns are positive. In my blog, I actually posted the formulas for both the simple and compound interest rate formulas. But suffice to say, if you find a compound interest rate calculator online, it'll do all of the work for you. Here are the five key variables involved in understanding compound interest, whether you are depositing or borrowing money. The first variable is interest. This is the interest rate you earn or are charged. The higher the interest rate, the more money you'll earn or the more money you'll owe. Starting principle. How much money are you starting with? How big a loan did you take out? While compounding adds up over time, it's all based on the initial amount you deposit or borrow. Frequency of compounding. The pace at which interest is compounded daily, monthly, or annually, determines how rapidly a balance grows. When taking out a loan or opening a savings account, make sure you understand how often the interest compounds. Duration. How long do you anticipate owning an account or paying off a loan? The longer you leave the money in a savings account or the longer you hold on to a debt, the longer it has to compound and the more you'll earn or owe. Deposits and withdrawals. Do you anticipate making regular deposits into your account? How often will you make loan payments? The pace at which you build up your principal balance or pay down your loan makes a big difference over the long run. But more than anything else in this discussion, I feel like the following three examples amplify the power of compounding. The first is called the wheat and chessboard. It's an ancient legend about the inventor of chess who showed his invention to the emperor of India for the first time. The emperor was very impressed by the invention. He liked it so much that he offered any reward the inventor would wish for. The inventor said, My wish is very simple. There are 64 squares on the chessboard, and on the first square I wish only one grain of wheat. For the second one, two grains. For the third square, four grains. For the fourth square, eight grains, and so on for all 64 squares. The emperor, who was not good at math, was surprised that the inventor seemed to have asked for such a small reward. So the emperor ordered his treasurer to give the inventor the wheat grains for all the squares as requested. A few days later, the emperor asked his treasurer whether the chess inventor had been rewarded. The treasurer informed the emperor that the reward turned out to be an astronomical sum, greater than all the wheat that could be gathered in many centuries. The legend illustrates how powerful the exponential growth can be. The second example poses a simple question. Would you rather have $1 million given to you each day for a month or one penny that doubles every day for a month? If it's precisely one month, you'd want to take the daily million. Depending on the month, you'd end up with 
28 million, 30 million, or 31 million. In the same amount of time, with the penny doubling, you would end up with either 2,684,000, 10,737,000, or 21,474,000, depending on the month being 28, 30, or 31 days. However, if you could get the wish grantor to give you just one extra day, then doubling would be the way to go, with a total of 42,949,672 dollars and 95 cents compared to 32 million. Only one extra day of compounding generates an additional 10 million dollars. But my personal favorite is another example titled Ben and Arthur. Ben and Arthur were friends who grew up together. They both knew that they needed to start thinking about the future. At age 19, Ben decided to invest $2,000 every year for eight years. He picked investment funds that averaged a 12% interest rate. Then, at age 26, Ben stopped putting money into his investments. So Ben put a total of $2,000 times eight years for a total investment of $16,000 into his investment funds. Now, Arthur, Arthur didn't start investing until age 27. Just like Ben, he put $2,000 into his investment funds every year until he turned 65. Arthur got the same 12% interest rate as Ben, but he invested 23 more years than Ben did. So Arthur invested a total of 78000 over 39 years. When both Ben and Arthur turned 65, they decided to compare their investment accounts. Who do you think had more? Ben, with his total of 16000 invested over eight years, or Arthur, who invested 78000 over 39 years? Believe it or not, Ben came out ahead, $700,000 ahead. Arthur had a total of $1,532,166, while Ben had a total of $2,288,996. How did Ben do it? Starting early is the key. He put in less money, but he started eight years earlier. That's compound interest. It turns $16,000 into almost $2.3 million. Since Ben invested earlier, interest kicked in sooner and his funds were allowed to compound for a longer period of time. So let's put all this together. There are several key principles involved in the success of compound interest. Undoubtedly, the most important factor is time. The greatest effects of compounding become most evident over longer time periods. Larger initial deposits will yield greater final results. The higher the interest rate, the greater the compounding and the more money you earn. The more compounding periods, the frequency of compounding, the greater the returns. And of course, withdrawals decrease the account balance and they'll hurt long-term returns. So an investor would want to utilize Albert Einstein's philosophy by investing as much money as possible at the highest interest rate available with the best compounding frequency over the longest period of time possible. If funds are added periodically and everything's left in place, 
then a sizable account balance should be created over time. My next podcast will discuss gray divorce, its effect on retirement and retirement planning. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a review. And if you want to partake in an online conversation, be sure to search for the Retiring with Enough group on Facebook. Thanks. The information and opinions contained on this podcast are for general education and are considered general communications. Information on the podcast was obtained from various sources and Retiring with Enough does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information presented. Retiring with Enough strongly recommends that you perform your own independent research and or speak with a qualified investment professional, legal advisor, or tax professional before making any financial decisions. The information and opinions expressed should not be construed as financial planning and does not consider the economic status or risk profile of any specific person, nor does it constitute an offer to buy or sell securities.